Jiu-Jitsu is hard, pure and simple. Day in and day out, people from diverse backgrounds walk into Jiu-Jitsu gyms looking to start classes. Unsurprisingly, Jiu-Jitsu has close to a 90% attrition rate for new students. So who are the 10% that make it through the first couple months and continue to train? What drives them to continue through brutal workouts that involve contorting into a human sweat pretzel? In season one of Jiu-Jitsu is Hard, we're talking to people who did just that. My name is Katie Erickson, and I will be your host for this podcast. I am a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and co-owner of Northwest Martial Arts here in Coos Bay, Oregon. Welcome to Jiu-Jitsu is Hard. What's up, my human sweat pretzels? And welcome to our very first episode of Jiu-Jitsu is Hard. My name is Katie, and I will be hosting today's show, and all of the shows, actually, now that I say that. Let's welcome my very dear friend and training partner, Mallory Ingalls. Ah, the crowd goes wild. Ooh, yay, Mallory. <laughs> all right, um, Mallory, before I even get into the jujitsu parts, which are very extensive, I actually want to dive a little bit more into your personal life, and I want to give people a sense of who were you before you started jujitsu, mm-hmm. because I feel that jujitsu is a game changer for people, right? So um, tell me about you. Tell me where you grew up, a bit about your family, just like who are you before you even walked into the jujitsu experience? Okay, that's a loaded question. <laughs> okay, so I'm Mallory, as you said. Um, I'm originally from a little town called Ariskany, New York, um, which generally when people ask, I just say I'm near like Syracuse area because nobody knows anything else about upstate New York. Um, so it was literally a town of 1200, so very small town. Um, I went to college not far from there, Utica College. I played softball in college. That was like my first love, played my whole life. Um, did four years in college and then a little bit overseas after college, which was really fun. Um, I am an occupational therapist. I work at Lower Umpqua Hospital in Reedsport. I've been doing that for almost eight years now, which is crazy because I feel like I just finished college, so I don't like that. Um, but I've been there for about three years now. And that's, I think, that's me in a nutshell, I yeah. guess. Uh, and your family, siblings, family. mom, dad. Oh, my family is awesome. I'm really close with my family. My parents recently moved to Florida. So they're in Florida now, but the rest of my family, for the most part, is back in New York. So I have a sister and a brother. I'm the baby. Um, my Yeah. <laughs> my brother has a daughter, so my six-year-old niece. And then my sister has five-year-old niece and then my three-year-old nephew and they are they're like my favorite people on the planet I freaking love being an aunt more than anything in the world so yeah so that's my family I live out here with my boyfriend BJ and our dog Jelly and they are my world and Jelly is a special pupper Jelly is special she's a little three-legged dog she's eight now (laughs) which i hate because dogs we don't deserve them no we really don't no um but yeah so we you know we have our life out here on the coast now we've been here for like three years and we love it and we love it out here and we're looking for a house so we might be out here for a little bit (laughs) yeah which is what exactly what i want to hear personally right right. so uh one of the things i really want to talk about that i'm interested in about Mm -hmm. your life um And this is a really fun way to talk about it because 
this last week when you and I were at practice, mm -hmm. we're in the gym. So my brother, Tim, is hilarious. And my brother <laughs> told you to work on your aim when you were throwing these yes. dodgeballs. And uh, both of us laughed maniacally because <laughs> I already know that you are a fantastic softball player. Mm -hmm. And so what, I, what I'd like to hear from you is what was that experience playing softball? What was mm -hmm. it about softball that you really enjoyed in a sport mm -hmm. aspect? Like what got you there? So I grew up playing ba Little League Baseball with all the boys and I was always like one of the only girls or definitely probably the most competitive girl. Um, I remember being like devastated when I turned 13 and had to start playing softball with the girls because <laughs> I just wanted to keep playing baseball with the boys. Um, but I, you know, I immediately loved it and started playing, I actually played like JV in like seventh grade and then I went to varsity in eighth grade cause I, I loved it and I was, I was good at it. And, um, I think I really liked having the team aspect, but then like when you're batting and stuff, like it's just you, you know? So like being a competitor, it was cool to be like a part of a team, but also like you're competing with yourself. It's just you when you're at the plate and. I think that's kind of what I love about jujitsu is because it's like we're a big team in the gym, but it's just you when, you know, when you're out on the mat. Um, so I found like a lot of similarities between softball and jujitsu, which is weird to say because they're completely different sports, <laughs> um, completely different. But yeah, softball, I always say it was like my first love. Um, so I always say I'm a retired, washed up softball player, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I love Someone yeah, has so. to be though. Someone has to love yeah, the game, right? Absolutely. If we yeah. didn't love the game, would it continue? Right. Exactly. Right. So, I mean. And you have experience also mm -hmm. with kids as well. I think I you were did. saying you used to do some yeah. coaching. So. Yeah. So I coached, I did, used to do lessons with kids. Um, I helped my brother with, he used to coach a high school team. Um, I worked, I actually started helping out with the Reedsport softball team right before the pandemic. So I was helping them for a couple weeks, the varsity team, and then it shut down. So I was yeah. really sad about that. Yeah. Uh, I had my dad literally ship all of my catcher's equipment across the country just for me to use it like three times. And then <laughs> everything was canceled. Oh man. <laughs> so, but yeah, but that's what's funny with, um, with Tim talking about my aim. So I was a catcher and one of my favorite drills that I did, um, when I started like working on being a catcher, my softball coach, um, he had this giant Eeyore stuffed animal and he had a motorcycle with a little sidecar. So he would literally drive around with this giant Eeyore. Your coach? My coach. Okay. My softball coach. He was my first ever softball coach. Um, I like, he actually has passed away now, but Mr. Mr. Tony Petrello, he's had like <laughs> a huge impact on my life. Um, but he literally would drive around in this motorcycle with his little sidecar and he had this giant Eeyore riding in it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he used to bring that out during practice and he would set a bucket on second base and then Eeyore would be sitting on top of it. And I would just do my like throwdowns to second base. And all I had to do was hit Eeyore off the bucket. So I got really good at hitting a target. So when Tim said that the other other day, I was just like, mm, bro, you don't even know it what's coming. It was so coming. funny because like, I, I don't usually see you like suddenly like get jacked, but like, your mm. eyeballs went from like tiny little dots to like saucers because it was, 
And it was hilarious to me because it was like clearly an off the cuff, like whatever, like no big deal. Cause he clearly didn't know, but it was just so funny because like normally when you say something like that, mm-hmm. you're saying it to someone probably that like, isn't like a, a pro softball mm-hmm. player in their yep. past. Um, so I thought that was really yeah. funny. That's like my, my favorite new warm up is dodgeball at class. Like that's, it's so fun. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Know? Because like the podcast is named jujitsu is really hard. So we like to like take fun things like mm-hmm. dodgeball and be like, let's yeah. like warm up with that. And mm-hmm. it's a good team and it's a good team activity. Yeah. And that's what I really like too. Yeah. So the other day, you know, we brought in the women's self-defense mm-hmm. into it and they had a blast. And yeah. I was like thinking, Oh man, like every Thursday, we should dodgeball do dodgeball day. dodgeball oh, day with like the women's that. self-defense ladies. I so, love that. Yeah. Cool. Well, now that we've kind of set the stage about who you are as a person, pre-jujitsu and all these other things, what I want to talk about now is how did you find your way into the jujitsu class? How did you find us at the gym? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this podcast as a standalone, as a person, mm-hmm. all these other things, but I do own a gym, mm-hmm. the Northwest Martial Arts here in Coos Bay, Oregon. Um, and you walked through my doors. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? How did that come to be? Yeah. So when me and BJ left New York, um, we traveled for a long time before we landed here. We traveled for work. We would do contracts for like three months at a time. Um, we landed out here and we were in an RV. So we were still like not anywhere permanent. We were in Florence for a while and then Scottsburg and then Reedsport. And then we were like, screw this, like pandemic, we're moving into a house. Um, so we moved into Coos Bay and then I met you through some of the protests and stuff. Right. 2020. Was it 2020? It was 2020. Oh my gosh. So summer 2020. It was. Um, that's crazy to yeah. think about. So I met. That was June yeah. 2020 yeah. because we did the walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I met you through the marches and stuff and it's funny because I've always like joked around with my boyfriend like the past few years I'll like randomly just be like ah let's jujitsu like wrestle and stuff before I ever tried jujitsu like I always wanted to it's just like fascinating and foreign to me um but I mean we were moving so much there was never anywhere for me to just jump in and try and also like I was scared (laughs) to even like try something like that so um I finally you guys had the fundamentals class and I was like I'm just going to jump in. Like, I needed something at that time in my life. Like, the pandemic was hard, I think, for everybody. Um, But I just, I don't know. I was going through some stuff, and it was just, I don't know. It was like a godsend, which it was, I walked in that gym. It's been over a year now, so January. It's been a long time. January of 2021, I started, and I, like, was immediately hooked. Like, yeah. And definitely having you as, well, you're the coach then, not your professor, but yeah. <laughs> having you as, like, Coach Katie, just, like, just, I mean, you're just a badass, like, empowered oh, woman. And I you. was just, like, I mean, nothing against, like, Professor David or any male teachers. Right, right. But I think it was a, it was really awesome for me to go in and have, like, a woman teaching. And I was, like, dude, I can fucking do this. Like, <laughs> I can see myself doing this. And so... Yeah, I was hooked. I would, you know, three times a week, I would be actually depressed when I had to miss a class. So, um, yeah, so I've just, that's how I ended up. And I'm going to probably keep coming for a long time. Yeah. 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 I think that was what I was really excited about when you came in is there was no fear. And Mm -hmm. I think some of that likely has come from your previous Mm -hmm. sport experience. And a lot of times I get people who come in and they do one class and then mm-hmm. they say it's not for them. 
because mm-hmm. jujitsu is hard and <laughs> that's how that goes and i get it right jujitsu mm-hmm. is hard you're walking into a room a lot of times you don't know who these people are mm-hmm. and then you're going to get up in their grill and you're going to sweat on them mm-hmm. like i remember starting jujitsu 12 some years ago mm-hmm. one of my experiences rolling with a guy okay mm-hmm. a blue belt guy didn't know mm-hmm. very well and he was super sweaty I'll never forget it to this day. I can see his face in my brain right now. And I know that his intention was not to be like, um, you know, sweaty man jujitsu on me, but he like got onto mount position and he splayed his arms out on like uh, either side of where my like head was. And I didn't know how to get out of mount at the time. So I just had my hands close up to my body trying to feel like, oh, am I going to make a frame underneath of here and, right. and bump him off? Right. And he was sweating so much. <laughs> the sweat was in my mouth. It was yeah. in my eyeballs. So if you are a person listening to this podcast who has <laughs> never done jujitsu before, sometimes human sweat makes its way into your eyeballs and your mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's just a thing. Yeah. So he gets all over the top of me, sweat's pouring off of him. It's in my mouth. It's in my eyeballs. And he says to me, this is what I call the wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my... Jiu-jitsu experiences as a white belt who had never even put on the gi yet. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. So welcome. That, welcome to jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and I somehow still decided that say, that was that for me. Is that the moment you were hooked after the You know, it wasn't quite that moment. Um, I think there are other ones mm-hmm. where I can think of, you know, some of the very first times I submitted people, those really, like, got me. Mm-hmm. Um, but those strange jujitsu experiences mm-hmm. can really set people off of like, yeah. oh, I'm not doing, I'm not going to come right. in here. This is disgusting, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, to me now it's really funny yeah. because it's a funny experience, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that, you know, jujitsu has evolved a lot, especially mm-hmm. when I'm looking at the way that we like to do things and knowing that jujitsu is hard, how can you make it more accessible? Cause I'm not going to make it easier. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in making it easier I think it needs to be accessible that it is possible to acquire those skills through the hard work Mm -hmm. that we do. And giving people a space in which to do that where everyone feels welcome is really important to me. And I'm really glad that that seems to be something that's working because we've been able to retain a lot more Mm -hmm. women than I have in the past at other gyms and things. And so I'm really excited about all of that. Yeah. So it's, it's super awesome. Um, so I think what I, what is fun for me to hear about and for others to hear about is, uh, what were maybe some of your preconceived notions about jujitsu, wrestling, mm-hmm. whatever, martial arts? I've never been, I've never been big on like watching fights and stuff. I've honestly, like, I always found it like fascinating, but I never really like dove into it or learned a lot about it. I just kind of would see random things and then try them on my boyfriend and be like, come on, I'm going to jujitsu you. <laughs> just like, and just like fucking around. Um, but I think that one of the things that my brother actually, he says this to me every time I bring anything up about jujitsu, he's like, are you punching any bitches in the face? Like, <laughs> are you beating anybody up? I'm like, we don't punch people. <laughs> that that's a really common mm-hmm. thing that people think they're going to get punched in the face when they right. come in for jujitsu, right. but they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that when we eventually do a tournament here, which we've talked about, I'm going to have to be really pointed about like, what, what is jujitsu? Mm-hmm. There aren't punch-ins in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there are in combat jujitsu, which mm. would be really fun. And to bring that to the people, I think would be great. But mm. yeah, uh, I think a lot of people think of that. Yeah, it's so. really funny. I mean, even when I did my first tournament back in September, and BJ came to watch, and he doesn't he doesn't know very much. I mean, he's right. like I've talked about it, and he, we've watched some videos and stuff, and. He's just like, oh, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but it looks like you're doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so after, and when he was, I mean, he was watching with, like, David, mm -hmm. and he was like, yeah, babe, I had no idea what you were doing, but it looked like you were doing great, so I'm so proud of you. That was, like, 100% perfect supportive, <laughs> like, significant other right there. Yep. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but literally you're doing a great job. He's like, yeah, it looked like you were, like, dominating. I don't really know. And I was like, I think I did okay. <laughs> you're like, yes, yes. Um, which is a perfect segue for me because mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about your competitive experience mm -hmm. because in my experience mm -hmm. I don't meet many women who quite frankly come to my gym and then decide that they're going to compete within a few months and then they mm -hmm. actually execute going to that competition that mm -hmm. is like one percent of the people do that thing mm -hmm. um so tell me about your experience in making that decision to get mm -hmm. to competition starting from all the way to Maybe I'd like to compete someday. Mm -hmm. You walked in the gym to, I did my competition. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've always, always just been so competitive. I mean, like growing up from like playing sports, like literally to Easter egg hunts with my brother. Like, <laughs> we would do like full contact Easter egg hunts. Like, you know, I've always just been so, so competitive. And I have been missing that in my life like since I started traveling and I you know I haven't coached I haven't played and when I was back home I always played in like summer leagues and different tournaments and stuff and so not having like a sport or something to like feed my competitive drive <laughs> I missed that like so much for like you know four five years and so having I knew as soon as I started and I was hooked I was like I want to do this for a long time and I'm going to probably do it until, like, I run my body into the ground. <laughs> and I would really like to compete before that happens. Because, you know, as we continued and you talked about competitions, and I kind of was like, oh, I would really like to do that. But, you know, I'm so new. I had been doing it, I think, in September. Yeah, so I've been doing yeah. it for, like, eight or nine months. Mm -hmm. And I probably knew, like, I think I knew, like, at the end of fundamentals class that I was like, I'm, I'm going to compete and then I know that there was one morning when I, when you guys were doing the 6 a.m. classes and I went and it was just me and David. And then we probably spent like a half an hour of that class just sitting and talking about competition. And I knew after that, I was like, I'm going to do the first competition that I can. Because he was like, do it before, like, before you, you know, talk yourself out of it. Right. And like, so, um, and then you had always said, you know, compete when you're still a white belt because you waited until, where were you at? I purple? waited until I was a purple belt. Yeah. I didn't compete at all. Uh, mm -hmm. my first competition was like three weeks into my purple belt. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody at the gym and what I like love about it the most is the community. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's just super supportive and everybody was like, yes, if you want to compete, compete. And so I'm like, all right, screw it. Like I'm going to do it. And I had so much fun. Yeah. I was just like sad that I didn't get to go more. <laughs> like after you're done, I'm just like, I was so amped. I'm like, I'm ready to roll more. Like I want to keep going. Yeah. That's um, like, you get that feeling where you like want to like rip off your like shirt and be like, bring me another one. Right. Like one of those. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it like woke up that like competitive spirit in me. And I was just like, oh, I've missed this. Like I missed it so much. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what 
kind of motivates me. Like I like I'm motivated just because I want to get better at it and I find it like challenging mentally and physically. Um, but I also want to, I want to compete more and I want to be good. And so, yeah, I mean, I, that just motivates me to come in and work hard and, yeah. you know, when I don't go, like at the nights I don't go to jujitsu, I'm like thinking about being at jujitsu. I'm like, man, <laughs> I think we all yeah. do that. I really, I really think we all do that. Mm-hmm. Something I also want to talk about more is that competitive experience that you have, because mm-hmm. I feel like people want to know what is it going to be like. One Mm -hmm. of our biggest fears in life is competing or being in front of people, right? They Mm -hmm. say the number one uh, fear that people have is public speaking and Mm -hmm. then it's death. So, I mean, competing um, in front of your peers Mm -hmm. and some really skilled folks can be really scary, Mm -hmm. especially coming in as a white belt Mm -hmm. and you're new to the sport and everything. So what what are the things that you feel that you did mentally in your brain that really helped you get past those feelings of anxiety for like two weeks beforehand I was just like so anxious and excited but mostly anxious and I was like I don't know what to expect never done anything like this before never like saw a competition never walked into you know an area like that um had you ever been to a wrestling style tournament even no never never Um, so I've only like seen like the videos and stuff that I've seen on YouTube. So I had no idea what to expect. And again, like bringing it back to the community and stuff at our gym, like I, I mean, Jen would stay after with me Maria would work with me after classes and they'd be like, all right, let's come up with your game plan. Like go in and then we worked together once and you were like, go in with what, you know, what are your moves that you want to do? Figure out what your game plan is and then just focus on that because, there's so many different things that you can do. And I think that I get in my head about trying to remember everything that we've learned instead of being like, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm comfortable at. This is my game plan. Um, so I think, I think I took like a couple nights off before the tournament and I was just think I was watching videos of the things that I was like, I know that I can do this. I know that I'm comfortable with this and kind of just going over it in my head. Um, and then the morning of just, music and jamming and I was like I'm not thinking about it until I get there yeah what's your jam Um, always Mac Miller on my on my um, playlist I knew Um, that I know they don't know that so that's why I had to ask Mac Miller's on my playlist and then I love you know like the old emo songs of like my high school years um it's like taking back Sunday radio is always in the rotation right um but yeah Mac Miller's always my number one yeah yeah never and so you pumped it up you pumped yourself up and Mm -hmm. then so you got into that right arena and then what's it like with that check-in process check-in all that stuff yeah check-in I mean (coughs) I am lucky luckier than other people's in the sense that I (laughs) didn't have to worry about making weight or anything because I'm in the highest weight class so that is one thing that is good about being a bigger bigger girl yeah um, to be clear bigger in the sense that she's a she's a dang softball player so yeah <laughs> well, I mean the weight classes I mean one I mean they don't make sense yeah. that's a whole nother conversation yeah. for us but yeah. continue yeah so I mean 175 and up like yeah, that's a pretty on. big range forget about it so um so yeah that was one thing that I didn't have to stress about but then I mean you get your estimated time and then it's never on time so you're waiting and you're it's the anticipation is like building up and you're watching other people go and you're like, oh, I know what they're doing. Oh, I recognize that move. And that's exciting for me because 
I'm not familiar, like I've never been in that setting. I'm not super familiar with watching people actually compete and recognizing like those moves in time. Um, I know that like practicing and stuff, I, I'm really a lot better when I'm being coached because it's hard for me in the situation to recognize, oh, like I have this move or like I can, you know, go for that. And so, but I can follow direction well. So um, it was fun for me to like, when I was first watching some of those other people compete that I was like, oh my gosh, like I recognize what they're doing. This is, <laughs> this is really exciting. You're like, um, I belong. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. Um, so I think that that just got me more excited. It gave me a little bit of confidence because I was like, maybe I do know what I'm doing a little bit. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then, I mean, as soon as it was, I mean, I weighed in and I was by the mat, I was just like laser focused. I was like, I'm ready for this. Like I, the fear and anxiety kind of went away and I was just excited to compete, you know, like adrenaline. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that getting to that space, that's how you know that you're prepped I think is proper in Mm -hmm. my opinion. So when I get to that space where I have made the weight, Mm -hmm. especially making the weight, that's Mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, I'm in money. Cause Mm -hmm. that's actually the hardest part for me, I think. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, um, and, and probably a lot for women considering women have periods and we have to deal with having late fluctuations and all Mm -hmm. those other things, which can be very difficult for needing to weigh in. But, um, I feel like once you pass a certain point in your moment in those mornings, you're going to compete or afternoons, whatever it is, it's, it's almost like a calm happens and it's like you're looking around and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've been preparing for this moment for months and this moment is here now. Mm-hmm. I now have my chance to showcase all the things that I just learned mm-hmm. and I'm really happy about it. Yeah. It's like the the cake and that's how my uh my coach uh and i talk about it so i well it's professor quinn now Mm -hmm. dang professor quinn um so the way that quinn and i would talk about it is you know getting excited and feeling excited for those moments and really being present is what really helps us to know what to do because Mm -hmm. part of the reason why it's so difficult to compete is because you need the laser focus Mm -hmm. and it can be distracting to be, you know, there's people around you, people are screaming, then the other person's coach is saying things and it's hard not to pay attention to those Mm -hmm. because then you start thinking about what is that person going to do, but your coach is also yelling at you and whatever. So it's like blocking all the things out and just having fun and flowing is so important, but you have to get to that flow state, right? Right. Right. Flow state is hard to get into, and I have a hard time getting there, but those days where I have gotten to flow state right next to the mat, about to walk on to compete, Mm -hmm. it is like the place goes silent. I don't hear anything. Exactly. I go out there, I slap hands with the person, and I unfortunately can't hear David very well when he's trying to coach me. That's funny, because I actually was able to tune everybody out, but David. Everyone else is. Which is shocking, because he's he's soft. But he's your coach, right? So he's everybody's coach, and so Mm -hmm. everyone's really used to hearing him, but he didn't coach me for all those years. So I'm used to hearing like Quinn or Professor Harold. Mm -hmm. And so when I don't hear those voices, it's hard for me. So anyway, it's something I'm working on. But, you know, when I do hear my coach, then it's just like, that's the only voice that's there. And then I'm out there Mm -hmm. and it feels incredible. And I feel like that feeling is so 
worth it to, for the hard work. Yeah. Like you, I'm sure, probably felt like all your hard work was worth it mm-hmm. once you walked out there, regardless of the outcome. It's right. like you felt good. Right. Especially like after the first match. When that was over, I was like, dude, I'm good. Like, let's keep going. Like, I, I was pumped. Um, it was just it was just exciting. Like, there's not another feeling like it, I guess. I don't think you so know? either. I think that that's why some of us become, like, competition addicts. Mm-hmm. That's what I would call myself, uh, in a sense. And I haven't been competing as much as I usually do um, for lots of different reasons. Mostly, you know, doing five jobs like I normally right. do. Right. <laughs> but the travel has been harder now that we're, mm-hmm. now that I'm in Coos Bay, it's a four hours to Portland, right? right? So when I was in Eugene, it would be a two hour and it'd be really easy, That's but now difference. I don't, com- yeah, I haven't been able to compete quite as much, but um, it'll be great when we bring our tournament to mm-hmm. the Coos Bay. I'm super excited. I'm so excited. That. Um, One thing that I love, which I think you touched on earlier is especially in our gym, like we get, we're getting more women coming right. into the gym. Um, so that's really exciting. And I mean, obviously this is the only gym that I've been to. So, but I think, I mean, I knew that it was a very male dominated sport and that was one of the things that's really intimidating about trying it. Um, so for the, the short time that I've been a part of like the jujitsu community and like seeing the different Instagram pages and learning about, you know, different people and stuff that are known, um, like staples, I guess yeah. in the community. Yeah. Um, I love like the growing, like women empowerment and everything. Cause that's one thing that I love so much is it makes you feel so empowered. Um, so I love seeing like in our gym, like some more women coming in, like younger girls, like the girls that came into self-defense and they're like interested in trying jujitsu. I'm like, yes, let's do it. (laughs) Jujitsu was really scary when Mm -hmm. I thought about starting it and I had started in a women's self-defense class. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was so important for me, for us to bring that women's Mm self-defense specifically to our gym so they can have that door in because... I find that there's a barrier in getting women in the door Mm -hmm. because they are concerned about having to have strange dudes touch them. That's totally fine and valid. And I would even argue there are dudes that don't want other dudes to touch them or whatever, people that don't want other Mm -hmm. people to touch them. Okay? That just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And being in that women's self-defense environment for a lot of women is really helpful because we don't know what their past traumas are and all that other stuff. So giving them that space to feel it out first kind of eases that that difficultness, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I think back to when I started jujitsu and walked into my gym, it was mostly all men. And Mm -hmm. then there was uh, one of the, two of the instructors, both the instructors there at the time, both my professors, their wives did some Mm -hmm. jujitsu. And once in a while we would get, one girl here, one woman there, and they just didn't last. And a lot of times it was like I walked in and it would just be jujitsu du jour of the day. And <laughs> that's great. But when you don't know anything about jujitsu and you're a beginner and they put you in with the sharks, if you will, mm-hmm. it's a really hard place to thrive in. Right. Um, and to be completely frank about my experience when I was starting jujitsu and why it was so hard is I didn't have very good self-esteem. Like I had no self-esteem yeah. and part of that and this isn't a, a a negative about anyone's appearance or anything like that, but for me I was over 200 
and like 30 or 40 pounds, whatever it was, I don't even know because I'd stopped weighing myself. I was mm-hmm. severely depressed. Um, when I walked into that room and I wanted to do jujitsu, I had to not only find my space, like how does jujitsu even work, but I also had to find out like, how do I fit into this room as a non-typical athlete in quotations? Right. Um, I had always been an athletic person growing up, and then I kind of quit when I went to community college mm-hmm. here, and it was a really hard time. I went through a lot, and I just, I like gained all the all that weight, um, and I was really unhappy. So then when I decided to really get into jiu-jitsu and start in, in a real jiu-jitsu gym, when I walked in, I was really scared because it was really hard to see all of these men. Um, and they were walking around super sweaty, six pack abs and mm-hmm. like uh it looked like a commercial in there you know what i mean like they like whip their head and the hair moves and the sweat mm-hmm. and like all the whatever it's like <laughs> slow motion dang like <laughs> do i really and that was when i said to myself you know do i belong here do mm-hmm. i belong in this space with all of these people because i feel that i don't know that i'm gonna fit in very well right and i was really scared luckily for me though uh I'm fucking full of it. And you know that. <laughs> and I don't let anyone tell me what I can and can't do. Right. Uh, and I decided that I was just going to figure it out. And luckily at the time I had a, a girlfriend uh, who lived close to me. And so I would go pick her up and she and I would go to the gym and she would be my partner. And so between me and her, we really figured out how to do jujitsu and like not be scared. And that's because I had a buddy. So I had like my my little accountability buddy kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. and that really helped in that community aspect of feeling like, oh, well, this person and I have a have a relationship where I feel accepted. And like, this is a place for me that really lessened that that spot of like, oh, should I be here? Should I not? Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I don't know if you felt any of that when you walked in or, you know, did you have those moments where you said, is this for me? Am I good enough for this? All right. of those things. Like, how how did you work through any of that if you right. were feeling it? So I think that you guys have done a really good job making it a really like welcoming and inclusive community. Because I I mean I was obviously like terrified. Because everyone, it's <laughs> everyone really, is. It's yeah. really intimidating. I'm like walking in for the first time. Um, but I feel like honestly after that first week, after the first few classes. Um, because, you know, we're always rotating partners. I was like, all right, I've had all of these men on top of me or I've mounted them all. So it's over with so, now. Yeah, like, we've done it. We're, we're past this. Like your sweat's been in my mouth. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, definitely at first it was it was really intimidating. But I feel like we were all like in the same boat and it felt it felt that way. Like it felt like we were all in the same boat and we were all really encouraging for each other. Right. Um, so I do feel like what was lucky too in the fundamentals class we had was a really good group. So we yeah, did get I, lucky in that experience. Our, yeah, we had a really good group. So it was just it was exciting to be around other people that were like trying it for the first time and didn't really know what to expect. Some of them, which um, is fun, being in a group yeah. where nobody knows what's going on. Right. Oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're all new. Like this is. I almost think that once we were finished with fundamentals, and I was like joining the, um, what I call the, general population. Yeah, the gen pop. Gen pop. <laughs> the gen pop. I told my dad about that. He works in a jail. He thought it was funny. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's retired now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, 
I think I was almost more nervous and intimidating going into that class because I was like, oh no, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like so at the bottom of the, the pool here. Like, a baby I don't know. white belt. Right. Baby white belt. Um, but you know, obviously it's been amazing ever since. Yeah. And how many like, stripes do you have now? I have three. You have three. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting in my blue belt this year. Yeah. That's the goal for 2022. I th- and belt. I'm pretty sure that blue that'll, belt. that'll happen yeah. as long as maybe, you keep coming. Yeah. Maybe a stripe And then you too. won't disappear, you know. Yeah. No. The blue belt curse. <laughs> Everyone talks about the blue belt curse. Nope. We're not nope. going to do that. It's not going to be me. Mm-mm. No. Because, yeah, I mean, I, Maria, I was there when she got her blue belt. That was like in my yeah. early days of being in Gen Pop. Um, and then, I mean, seeing her get her first stripe last month, it was just like, like I felt emotional for her because I was like, that's such an awesome accomplishment. And like, I was like, that's, I can't wait for that to be me because yeah. I'm going to get there. Like, I know. I yeah, will. you will. So, of course. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited for that. And that's yeah. what keeps pushing me. I look at my belt and I'm like, I want more. <laughs> I want more on you. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. What is something that you maybe have on your horizon that you think is something that if you accomplished it, you would feel like you had really like done something? Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely getting my blue belt. And then, I mean, I want to eventually get up to, you know, purple and see what happens from there. And like I said, until I run my body into the ground. Um, But I would really love to go and, like, win a tournament. Like, I want a gold medal. Right. (laughs) Like, Like, I would love that. I mean, I got second in the other ones that I did. Um and I'm just like I'm hungry. <laughs> like that's what I keep like thinking about. I'm just like hungry for more. Um so I would like to get a gold this year. Maybe two, who knows. I we'll mean, see. why not? Yeah, maybe more. I don't know. Shoot for the stars. Yeah, I want more medals to hang up in my office. <laughs> yeah. So that's I don't know. That's my goal. I feel like the more experience that I get and the more, you know, rounds I get under my belt, the more confident I feel and the more excited I am to keep to keep going yeah um and it's it's kind of fun too now that like I'm not the baby of the group anymore <laughs> like I'm still a baby white belt but having some more of like the beginners or lower bu- white belts come in and being able to not help because I still don't know what I'm doing but <laughs> kind of be able to help in some senses like you know like other people have done for me like that's really fun too like, right to, like helping to like welcome people into the community so um, I think because I you were there yeah. once, right? Right, exactly. So it's just, yeah. I think I went off on a tangent. I don't even remember what the original question was. Um, oh, just but... what you hope, <laughs> hope to accomplish in the future. Yeah, that you yeah. Do. So I want to keep moving up in my belts. I want to keep competing. I want to win. Yeah, and yeah, that's. I think yeah. those are great. I think mm-hmm. the thing that's I think is important overall that I wanted to kind of talk about with that was goal setting Mm -hmm. what does goal setting look like Mm -hmm. uh i find that you know jujitsu is so expansive it can be really hard for us to narrow down what is the thing that we are trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and being very specific about that thing Mm -hmm. i think that goal setting is for me the thing that keeps me going if i don't have a goal Right. I'm not doing anything. I'm so lazy in that sense. I have to be signed up for something. Mm -hmm. I have to have a tournament on the horizon or I will eat cake every night. Like I, I, for me, goal setting is an everyday. Like I wake up Mm -hmm. every day and think about what are the things I'm set to accomplish today. Right. All those other things. So for, for goals, what I think is really important is we look at what is a short-term goal, 
midterm goal and then your mm-hmm. long-term goal. Right. And, you know, I think in the ones that you're describing to me, you're kind of have different ones for all of those things, which I think is important. So for people who are looking at jujitsu and saying, I don't know how to organize this. Right. I don't know how to build myself a path. I encourage you to start goal setting and writing down those goals. Do you, are you a writer? Do you write I, your goals down? I, I have written. So I remember when I first came to Fundamentals, I had a notebook that yes. I would write in every single night. I would write the different moves that we worked on, and I would just to, like, remember them and cement them into my brain. This was before we started learning more complicated stuff, and I would make my boyfriend do everything right. with me, and he hated it because he was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Stop choking me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I... I have goals that I write in my phone, and, like, one of the goals that I have every week is I always want to make at least three classes a week, um, and that that is a big one for me because it helps me hold myself accountable, and one of my more recent goals for 2022 is I've been working with Henry, our trainer. Yes, our trainer. And, yeah, just to kind of get some cross-training in and, you know, help apply it more to jujitsu. Um, so that's another, I guess, short-term goal is to keep building on that. Um, he actually, on Thursday, when you weren't there. I know. <laughs> My eye appointment that was actually on Friday. That one? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, he made a point. So he has that baseball background. Mm-hmm. And he, we were going over some like different moves from guard that he had been practicing stuff with David and he applied that to some of the stuff that I do as a catcher in softball and all of a sudden things just started like clicking I was like holy shit (laughs) I was like I can't wait to go to class later because things just like kind of clicked and um again I went on on another tangent but those are like the short term yeah so yeah so like the short term goals of like make sure you get to class three times a week do your training with Henry um, do the homework outside of the training with Henry, which I have not been great about lately. Um, but, but we build it up, right? But we build it up, yeah. So, and then, you know, being able to apply that to, you know, we have a competition in a couple weeks. I am super excited for that. I'm Every, every competition, I want to sign up for all of them because I want to keep, you know, working towards that. Because I'm the same way as you. I need to have something on the horizon or you know, I lose my focus or lose the drive to keep on pushing myself. So yeah, I'm definitely, I need to have goals. (laughs) Yeah. And, and and goals, I think that when they're in written form are the most powerful Yeah, when you put things pen to paper, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I guess fingers to phone, depending Mm -hmm. on how you want to do it. I personally think it should be uh, a pen to paper, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, um, the type to, discourage anyone from Mm -hmm. typing it out because whatever works for you works for you for me I could type anything and not care about it Mm -hmm. I need to write it down on a real piece of paper with like a pencil one of those I like the scratchy the sound Uh, maybe I like that ASMR of like writing with a pencil and then you know on the mechanical pencil it gets that perfect slant and then you're just like it's like the cocaine of writing for me (laughs) is getting that that's a good way to put it oh yeah getting that mechanical pencil right on that That's tilt so and then you just write with mm-hmm. it and I like it to be a really nice like uh, 0.5 millimeter <laughs> I know I'm getting really specific, so specific but your girl writes a lot and okay. so I write a lot of goals and so for me that feeling of writing mm-hmm. feels very cathartic yeah I really enjoy it and it makes me look at it 
when I open my notebook back up. Mm-hmm. And I also think it can be really helpful for people when they're goal setting to use things like sticky notes mm-hmm. on bathroom mirrors, funny things like that. I will tell you when I first started my like like the fitness journeys and whatever, I was in college and I had an apartment um, by Autzen Stadium and it had a bathroom. It, I had a bathroom in my room. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I kind of like have the master of this like mm-hmm. cool apartment, whatever it is. And it had a huge mirror inside of the bathroom. So I used sticky notes and all kinds of stuff. And it was mm-hmm. just me. So, I mean, some people may not want to make their family bathroom right. <laughs> like full of sticky notes, but I'm one of those where I know every day I'm going to get ready and I'm going to go in there. So for me, it was a really good place to write things down and stick it on the mirror so Mm -hmm. that I saw it every single day. So I put those, I put those up there. And then for, for me every single day, I have the goal to find patience, uh, in any situation, like every single day, I have to remind myself about patience. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I remind myself about every day is acceptance of what is. And Mm -hmm. those two things I think go together Yeah, and they're really, really hard. But for me, like every day, that's a goal. So I already know that that's going to happen. And then, you know, from there, my, I have long-term goals, short-term goals for my business, for my career, because I also am a financial analyst for a company and so yeah, I have the gym. I have that. I have, you know, my family, um, my parents, my brother, David, my dog, mm-hmm. the house, building a farm, my mini mm-hmm. farm here that I'm going to build yeah. on my property. I have that. And, you know, when you're looking at that many projects, if mm-hmm. you don't start writing all those things down, you're never going to remember them. Right. Um, and I think writing things and seeing them on a really consistent basis can help guide you to where you want to go. Right, you're manifesting that. Yes. And yeah. like, I'm a, I'm a proponent of those things that we want to see every day in places that make sense. Like mm-hmm. I have them on my, uh, next to my computer a lot. So mm-hmm. I see my computer. I use sticky notes a lot. Sometimes I've had signs like by my front door as I leave. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've noticed now in the gym, yeah. little things are starting to show up. Mm-hmm. Like I like the one that says, be brave. Yeah that be brave sign that I put up there. I got that, um, a really, really long time ago. I think when I started the gym, I think when we were going to open up the gym, I saw that little sign that just said, be brave on it. And I don't know why it really spoke to me, but I just felt like I needed that reminder every single day Mm -hmm. of like to be brave. Right. And even though I've been doing jujitsu forever, feels like that never the needing to be brave or Mm -hmm. like finding courage never goes away Mm -hmm. I always still have to find it yeah like this last week it was even hard I was like oh I need to go train you know all the things but I'm feeling kind of out of it because I'd been sick for a while Mm -hmm. with all the COVID and like 500 colds so you know (laughs) because kids jujitsu and uh so I'm ready to get back to it yeah but I need to find that courage every day to get back Mm -hmm. into it. I think like the three words that you said, patience, acceptance, and courage, or being brave. Those are like three things that jujitsu has helped me develop Mm -hmm. like so much more of is like so much of the game is being patient, um, being patient with yourself as you're learning and developing. I know there's like nights where I go home and I'm like, I suck. I'm so frustrated. I didn't, you know, it didn't do well, whatever. And then that's where the acceptance comes in, like accepting like 
you don't suck. You, you know, everybody has bad days, whatever it is. Right. You're going to keep pushing through. And then being brave enough or courageous enough to keep on coming back. And no matter how many times you get frustrated or fr- upset or whatever. Um, so those three words, I think, are they're huge. So that's yeah. awesome that you have those, had those reminders. Um, I have just on my mirror that I did recently, I'm working on some, I'm working on myself in therapy. Um, awesome. So, High I five. Mean, yeah. Hard. It's hard to right? take that look at yourself. Um, but I do have like some positive affirmations on my mirror that I look at every morning. Use dry erase marker. Works great on your mirror. So, it does? Yeah. Yeah. Dry erase marker. I doodle on it. You can erase it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Tips and tricks, y'all. Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks with Mal. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I like that. New segment. New segment. <laughs> what are the things that you wish you had known before you started that you know now? Another really good question. Um, I, I think I wish I knew that, I mean, I didn't think that I was capable of, I guess, like a sport like this. Um, so, I mean, this sport has made me realize like how capable and strong I am, but it's like, why didn't I know this all along? Like, why did I, you know, the past like few years, I think have been really hard for everybody. And like, I feel like some, I kind of like lost parts of myself and parts that I didn't think that I would, you know, get back or find again. And so I wish that I knew that. So I would have started sooner. That is, like, the one thing that I, like, I wish that I knew how much, like, joy and how much jujitsu would bring to my life because I would have started so much sooner. So. Well, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so anybody who thinks that they might want to try it, do it. Yeah. Stop waiting. Yeah. Stop waiting. Because I wish that I, I wish that I was already, like, three years into this. I love it. You know? Yeah. So. Which is yeah. why I'm super excited that we have the gym here in town mm-hmm. because there's not ever, I don't think, been jujitsu in Coos Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's only taken a couple hundred years to get here because yeah. we're out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I started jujitsu when I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never yeah. too late to start. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I, a lady just walked into the gym the other day who wanted, who's starting with yeah. the self-defense. And she must be, you know, maybe in her 50s or something mm-hmm. like that. And I love that. Yeah, it's Because incredible. you can start any time, really. I mean, you should always check with, like, your doctor that you should be, like, wrestling other humans. Right. <laughs> um, you know, if you have health concerns or anything, you should get those checked out before you walk into a jiu-jitsu room. Um, but it, I think there's a really big misconception that you must be a certain thing to walk into a right. jiu-jitsu room. Right. So... When I think of generally like jujitsu, I think of uh, a dude. That's what I think of. A dude mm-hmm. who is extremely ripped and walks in with like a perfectly fitting gi and comes in and just, just throws everyone around right. through the walls. You know what I mean? That's what I think of when I'm like, oh yeah, that's the kind of person that starts jujitsu. But like, is it though? Like, mm-hmm. is that the person that really needs jujitsu the most? Like, right. yeah, sometimes I'm sure like those people really benefit. But for me, I think that the benefit is there and people don't believe that they are already capable of mm-hmm. trying to do that thing. Yeah. Uh, like you were saying, a lot of people tell me, oh, well, I'll start jujitsu when I get in shape. Right. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure anyone who is listening to this podcast at this point is going to say to themselves, yep, heard that as a, (laughs) you know, business owner, like 
people have this crazy misconception that they should be running and lifting and all these other things before they walk into the room. Mm -hmm. But what they don't know is that they're literally going to get that full experience in taking the class. Right. The class itself is actually where you get mm -hmm. started. I think that jujitsu alone builds basic body strength that a lot of us don't have. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember starting jujitsu and being like, how do these people like lift their hips off the ground mm -hmm. to put their legs around like someone else for a triangle. Mm -hmm. So if you're a person who doesn't know what jujitsu is, which you maybe are listening to this, I don't know, but a uh, triangle from this position I'm talking about is I, I would be on my back and the person would be in front of me and I would be able to bring one of their arms in between my legs. One of the arms would be out. So you have to have one arm in and one arm out when you go to do a triangle. One of the legs comes over the top and then the other locks in and you are choking the person with your legs, basically. So to get into that position, sometimes you have to kind of hip up into the person to, to capture them and bring them back to you while you lock this thing up. And to be able to execute a triangle, you would think like it would be a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like for me, when I first saw triangles, I said to myself, I'm not flexible. My legs are really big. Mm -hmm. I will never be able to do that thing. That's like the, the thoughts that went through my head. Right. And I thought, oh, I need to be in better shape to be able to do that thing. But what I found was if I just applied myself to the actual process of learning how to do the triangle, then suddenly my body was having to use those weird muscles that yeah. it had never used before. Mm -hmm. And jujitsu, I swear moves the tiny muscles that we've never used before because it is an unconventional right. sport. So when we think of sport, and, and Henry goes over this a lot, I'm sure. I'm not sure if you've heard it from him mm -hmm. a lot yet, but we've been with him since April almost, yeah. so we've heard a lot. But, you know, he talks about what is a conventional versus unconventional movement. Mm -hmm. And a lot of jiu-jitsu has unconventional movement where we're using parts of our bodies that I'm not going to use for, like, basketball mm -hmm. or running or swimming mm -hmm. or a lot of like kind of when I think of kind of like linear sports I mean basketball is not so so linear it's all over the place but there's a lot of just like running one side back to the other right. a lot of that kind of movement um, but you're not on the not on the ground on your back trying to bring a person to your legs to choke them um, mm -hmm. and that's a strange thing to do right so I think if I could get people to understand that jujitsu is the answer, that would really help. And mm -hmm. that's something that I like want to get out there. And part of doing the whole podcast is, is to tell people you don't need to be in shape to walk into a jujitsu right. gym. You should probably make sure you're healthy, mm -hmm. right? So if you need to be cleared for exercise, all those things, I think you should do that. Um, never hurts to go get yourself checked out. The thing is also is in the pandemic, a lot of people have put off going to see their primary care providers or maybe have had a hard time doing those things. Mm -hmm. um, and myself, I put off a lot of stuff too because I don't want to go. Anyway, those things, you know, don't put them off. Go do them because you, you really want to be able to come into the experience knowing what your limitations are and what they aren't. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people come in and then they get injured right. because they go too hard or they won't tap or, you know, whatever it is that they do because the ego is in their way or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, but 
having an open mind to walk in and allow yourself to be in a really vulnerable situation has so much value for learning how to get from an uncomfortable space mm -hmm. to feeling more comfortable. Right. The thing is, though, as you know, once you get to that comfortable place, suddenly you've got to find a new uncomfortable place to go to, right? Right. right. Because in the comfort zone, we do not grow, mm -hmm. I do not think. So I want to be in my uncomfortable zone to right. find that growth. So come into the room, come and be the person. Don't be the person on the couch that says, mm -hmm. I'll do this someday when I've gotten in shape, because I'm going to tell you, someday is never going to come. Yeah. If you're thinking about, or if you... Or have you, if you're thinking about trying it, you're ready. Like that's, that's 100%. it. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Nothing else matters. If you think about it, you're ready. What do you feel is the single most important piece of advice that you have received about jujitsu? I guess don't be afraid to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Um, that's a, a big one. Um, be willing to leave your ego at the door is a big one. And that's something that, I mean, as an athlete, you learn your whole life. Like, leave your ego at the door. You have to come in and work as hard as everybody else. It doesn't matter what your skill set is. You know, you all have the same goal. And that's to be better and to push each other. Um, so I think that's a hard thing for some people to do is come in and leave their ego at the door. Um, so I think that that's a really really important thing. Um, I feel like there's a million pieces of advice. <laughs> I think though that that alone, mm -hmm. what you've just said, really just hits the nail on the head for me mm -hmm. with ego mm -hmm. and talking about ego. Mm -hmm. uh, do you feel that you know when your ego's around? I do. Yeah, I do. And I think that every time I step into the gym, my ego is in, is checked at the door. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, it doesn't matter who you are, your size, your shape, whatever. I can, like, comfortably say that everybody in the gym can kick my ass, like, no matter, like, how small or big they are. Um, you know, guy, girl, whatever. I'm getting my kiss, my ass kicked equally by everybody. Right. And I'm okay with that because it's helping me get better. And then it's really fun, like, when I do get to kick a little bit of it. <laughs> right, because right. you need both parts. Right, exactly. I believe you need both parts in jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. I, like, I need to get my ass kicked on a regular basis, too. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes what's funny about being the professor mm -hmm. um, and David being the professor, too, in the gym, is that sometimes, like, we know we have to go kick someone's ass because right. they're clearly got a little ego going on. And mm -hmm. so you, you kind of have to, like, squash that out a little bit right. of them. And it's funny to say that because that sounds very like a dominant style thing to right. do to another individual. But at the same time, being humbled in jujitsu by another person is not always what I would think is a negative experience. Mm -hmm. I actually think it can be a really positive experience for yeah. someone to understand that there are going to be people that they are better than that they can beat, mm -hmm. but they better watch out because someone else is coming. Right. right? You know, so like I right. like when I see graphics of like there's like the tiny fish and then the medium fish mm -hmm. and then there's like a big fish in the back. Ready to eat them they're ready both. to eat them both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always someone who is big shark yeah. who's going to come in for the other people. Right. right. And I have been eaten up by many a shark yeah. uh, in my day. 
Uh, if you look at most of my brown belt competitive year, that was the year that uh, it was like the feeding frenzy of the sharks for me. <laughs> and I, I just had to take it, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't make it easy. Right. But what it does is it helps humble me and it helps show me that here are the places in my game that have holes. Yeah. Here are the things that I need to do to get better as a person and as a, as a player. And if I sit around and think that my jujitsu is so great all the time, mm -hmm. then I'm never going to improve. And also, right. if you're sitting around thinking that your jitsu, you're like your jujitsu is so great and all mm -hmm. these other things, man, you need to find some new training partners because your training partner should be the people that push you the hardest. Yeah. Your training room should be the place where you feel like you are going to die. You mm -hmm. don't know how you're going to get off the mats. Like I, some days I wonder when I'm like, you know, when you're you've rolled. You got done with your round, you're laying there, trying to breathe, and mm -hmm. you can't. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the ceiling, which is why I made our ceilings nice in the gym, by the way. I lay there, sweat dripping off of me, trying to breathe, and I'm just going, what am I here for? What did what I do? Why <laughs> am I doing jujitsu? Mm -hmm. And then I feel like all I can do is like turn to my stomach and begin to crawl <laughs> off to the side of the mat. You know those days where you, you don't even stand up. You just go mm -hmm. hands and knees to the edge until, like, I can find my water bottle. You just roll. You just roll. I barrel rolled all the way to the edge of the mat because I didn't want to stand up. Yeah. No joke. Because yeah. there are some rolls, you know, you have where you're just like, yep. how did I? How yeah. do I manage? Right. And uh, those specifically remind me of some of my rounds with uh, Professor Harold, who I just love, like, when I roll with Professor Harold, like I go in knowing it's going to be a whirlwind, right? But I'm still never prepared, mm -hmm. and that's when I like I'm prepared to have my ego fully checked when mm -hmm. that happens. Rolling with uh, rolling with a lot of people, I have to expect that my ego gets checked. Right. Um, and what's interesting in your experience is you're the white belt right now, so right. that is an expectation on you where you're like, eh, I leave my ego at the door and I get my ass kicked, it's cool. Yeah. And you can ha you can find a lot of comfort in that. Right. What's hard as you get further into it, for, uh, and I notice this more now, is, um, so by the time I got to my purple belt and started to compete and stuff, I started to like feel like I was getting an ego and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, as I went through the belts into brown belt and now into getting my black belt, my rounds are actually more terrifying now than they used to be because mm -hmm. I feel a greater sense of needing to accomplish. Right. But I have to like take that out from what is ego. Like I have to take those two subjects. It's like putting your like, like you put your hands down into it and you just like crack that thing open and ego must be on one side and the willingness to do well has to be on another side in a sense. Cause like, I don't like those two things tangled up because Ego doesn't belong in the jujitsu room when I'm trying to do my training. But what does belong is bringing 100%, mm -hmm. making sure I try to do all the things right, making sure I'm on track and doing my best jujitsu in the times where I want to do that, right? Like, I can do that, but I need to leave my ego outside of it because what ego does is when I put it over the top, if I layer it back onto the top of wanting to do well, then my ego says... Well, now I'm hurt because I didn't do very well. And then right. my ego is all hurt and sad in the corner mm -hmm. and all these other things. But I don't, I don't need to do that because I already took that big step to walk in and even decide to test myself against mm -hmm. another individual. And if someone has shit to say about that and they don't have skin in the game, mm -hmm. get the fuck out. Right. Because to me, that doesn't matter. Like you, 
the opinions of others only matter when they have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And if there's no skin in the game, then I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Right. So, yeah. Ego is a huge piece of jujitsu, and saying, you know, leave your ego at the door mm-hmm. is one of the number yeah. ones. What I actually want to do is get a tiny trash can. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to, I want to take this tiny trash can and like screw it into the wall right next to like when you walk into the gym with Label like a little ego. ego. Yeah. So that you can drop your imaginary ego in the door. Um, just because I feel like there yeah. are some rituals that can be fun for people to mm-hmm. do that. And for me, it's kind of fun. And like, right. Um, so I have this like fun idea that I do that someday. I love that. But, um, I think you just, I mean, with ego, you just have to be willing to laugh at yourself. I mean, that's like, I laugh at myself all class. Oh yeah. Every time I'm rolling with somebody, I'm laughing because I mean, you, you're not going to be good at everything. Like you can't, and you're going to look ridiculous. Like on your head, like on your side, legs up in the air, like you're going to look silly. A lot of the times you're going to feel silly. Um, and being able to just laugh at yourself is, is huge. It's so important. It's huge. Yeah. I yeah. Mean... Because if we didn't, it would just be, I would be crying all the time. Like <laughs> when I think of the people that I am going to be training with and seeing like, what are the things that those people are going to do? So like Jonel, big, tall Jonel, mm-hmm. like I know He's a white belt, Mm -hmm. but I also know he is always going to win the takedown battle. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter how many years of jujitsu I have. Mm -hmm. I can't take a six and a half foot individual Mm -hmm. who is uh, like a, he used to be a professional shot putter. Did he really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he used to do shot put for like the Death Olympics. Yeah. That's awesome. Super, super awesome. And and he did football, all kinds of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So he is just like athlete to the core and can like do the thing where he puts his hand like he could put it on my forehead as I try to run towards him and I would never reach him it's like (laughs) comical right Mm -hmm. so when I roll with him of course I'm always going to try my hardest to take him down if I had an ego about it though I would never even try right right? because Mm -hmm. then I would just know that I would get taken down but Mm -hmm. the thing is it's for me though every time it's a challenge Mm -hmm. because then I'm like well wait is it, is today the day? Is today the day I take him down? Is today the day? And I'm always waiting for that day to come. Mm -hmm. And that kind of keeps me going and Mm -hmm. makes it fun. Yeah. Because I think some people spend a lot of their jujitsu time in, oh, this is super serious. I must be serious, whatever. There's Mm -hmm. times and places for those things. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, if you are not having fun in your jujitsu experience, you got to figure something out Mm -hmm. because something is wrong. Maybe you're burnt out. Maybe, like, you need a new cadence. You need a whatever it is. But, you know, I have to be okay with the fact that I've got a lot of white belts, like, Mm -hmm. people that are coming in that have done a lot of wrestling, too. And they're just going to take me down. And I have to be okay with that. Like, I have a black belt now. It is hard for me to fathom what it might look like for another person that comes in to see that because for them their first experience is they're walking in you know maybe they're seeing some white belt person taking down like this little like black belt female what does that look like for them Mm -hmm. and i have to say okay well they might see that and because they don't know jujitsu they might think oh well clearly she doesn't know how to defend herself then or whatever Mm -hmm. it is you know i have those thoughts those doubts Um, But what I have to remember is that person's perception, though, they can't really understand what's going on. And plus, Mm -hmm. when you think about the game of jujitsu, sometimes my techniques and the things that I have to do have to be 
pulling guard or whatever mm. it is, knowing that I'm not going to get that person down to right. the ground. So pulling guard is probably a better decision. And maybe I need to sweep so I can come up. Mm-hmm. But the, maybe the takedown game isn't mine. Right. Right. Um, but if That's I, where I'm at right now. It's hard. The takedown game is not me right now. I pull guard. But your guard pulling is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So the other day when we were doing the women's workshop and mm-hmm. you pull guard and then I had to pass and I was like, oh, man, I have to actually pass. <laughs> like, I really have to work to pass. Um, yeah. And it was great. I've been working on my pulling guard. It's so great. It's a big one, yeah. Yeah, great yeah. job. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm getting better. Aww. So what is the single most important thing that you would tell someone who is considering starting jujitsu? And I think you've said some of these, and we have yeah. through the podcast, but I wonder if there's a thing out there, though, that you would say to that person who says... I'm going to start, I want to start jujitsu. What is the most important thing that I need to know about the experience? It'll change your life. Do it. Just fucking do it. That's it. Like if somebody told me they wanted to start jujitsu, I would say, don't hesitate. Sign up now. Like it will change your life. That's it. <laughs> like, I love that it. Is like, like literally, um, I mean, I've said it, I've said it to so many people, but it's been, it's such a joy. Like I have fallen in love with it and it's so nice because I did not think that I would ever like love a sport like this again and be able to do it and, you know, enjoy it so much. So just stop fucking thinking about it and do it. Walk through the doors. Walk through the doors. Don't you actually think the hardest part of jujitsu is, is walking? walking through the doors? Mm-hmm. Walking yeah. in those doors. Mm-hmm. People think that what's actually hard about jujitsu is the part where they're getting smashed uh, <laughs> underneath wet blanket guy. Which is not fun. Which but... is not fun. <laughs> But let me tell you, if you can't even walk in the door, though, what is actually hard? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people will tell me, uh, especially students that I have seen in the past that, like, aren't coming back anymore. Mm-hmm. This happens at the store very mm-hmm. frequently. We walk through, and someone will come up to me because uh, we'll see them. Haven't seen them in a long time. And they'll, oh, oh I've been meaning to come back. <laughs> I want to come back to jujitsu. I just haven't, uh, uh, yeah. and they go on and they go and they go on and I smile and I nod and all the things. And I just think to myself, man, jujitsu is hard for that person because mm-hmm. they can't w- walk a foot through the door because their ego or whatever it is, their mm-hmm. fears are stopping them. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm a true believer in everything that you have ever wanted. It all is on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a quote by someone who is escaping my brain at this moment, but it is not mine. Um, but it is one of those things that I think about frequently uh, that really, if we want to grow, if we want to become bigger, better people in our lives, going into the uncomfort zone is where we need to be. And mm-hmm. putting ourselves in a space that is not easy is where we need to go. Mm-hmm. and true growth happens there. Yeah. And there is a time and a place to stay in some comfort zones, right? I've had times in my life where I said, you know, I need to chill out right here. Mm-hmm. I need to chill out here for just a minute. I need to catch my breath because sometimes a lot of us are running all the time. Yeah. We have families, jobs. The pandemic is its own thing. Um, all those things. And sometimes we need to step back and say, actually, I need a break in this moment. Mm-hmm. And there's a time and place. But with jujitsu, a lot of times it's it's getting into that uncomfortable space. Right. And if you need to find an uncomfortable space to be in, get on bottom mount. Get on bottom <laughs> mount yep. and try to get out. Yep. And you work on that until you can get out. Like. Mm-hmm. We don't have to look at jujitsu as a whole and say, I need to learn every single thing about this game today. If we did that, we would not get anywhere. I'd just be spinning my wheels. 
really we just have to make a decision on, hey, I just, I, let me pick this one thing. I'm going to work on getting better on that one. And then I'm going to move into the next thing because we try to do too many things at once. Yeah. But you can put yourself in an uncomfortable place with one tiny thing. And if that tiny thing is I walk in the door and I walk on the mat and I'm there for class, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. That's enough all on its own. Yeah. Having no real expectation is fantastic. Um, I have a sign on my, in my bathroom in front of my, like my tub where I, so I have this sweet tub that you've seen. Mm-hmm. And that's why we bought the place. <laughs> a sweet beautiful. tub. It's a beautiful tub. Beautiful tub. <laughs> and I have a, a picture where I can see from my, my tub spot that says, have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's really, really important to really walk into jujitsu with that open mind. Mm-hmm. Don't put too much stock on every single thing because if you do, you're going to get lost and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I think if you pick up those little pieces of jujitsu while you're in there, that's really going to help you. That's mm-hmm. really going to help you. Keeping a notebook like you did, I think mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. I think keeping notebooks can be really helpful. And in my first couple of years of jujitsu, I wrote every single mm-hmm. thing down yeah. and I have it now. I have it like stapled together. Mm-hmm. I still have this little like <laughs> jujitsu packet of things I did. Um, cause I keep a lot of my writings cause I write a lot mm-hmm. and, uh, those really help me and I find yeah. they help a lot of people. So that's a really good strategy it's, for a beginner. It's funny because I feel like I have to go back and look at them because that was before, like, I'm like, Oh, I don't remember what that was called. So I'm like writing leg goes here and then you do your arm here and I'm like trying to explain so I would remember what it was. And I'm like, I don't even fucking know what that was called. So I bet I can go back and read and be like, oh, I remember what that is now. And yeah. it's called this. Yeah. That would be kind of, I'll have to do that and see see what I come across because it would definitely be entertaining. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that at the end of the day, you can always find excuses to not do something. Super appreciate you having me on this podcast today because I don't think I've actually like sat down and like talked about jujitsu like in this space before obviously not in your closet before <laughs> yes yes folks we are in my closet <laughs> never spoke about jujitsu in a closet before um but i mean it's really nice to kind of sit down and talk about like the ways that jujitsu has you know changed my life and thinking about how much it could impact other people's lives um, cause I can't even tell you how many people I've been like, Oh, go try jujitsu, go do it. And, you know, I tell my sister, get the kids in jujitsu. I've had like my primary doctor, she got her kids into into it because I was like, they would love it, do it. And now they, they love it. They practice in Springfield. They're still doing it. Awesome. Um, it's been like almost a year, I think for them too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so it's really nice to kind of reflect on the journey so far and thinking about like what's ahead and I'm excited to like sit down and do a podcast in like six months and talk about how you know I won a gold medal and you know I've done a few more competitions and I have my blue belt um so yeah I mean it's it's exciting to kind of like sit down and think about it like that and be able to talk about it um and like just like talking to you about it you being a black belt and doing it for so long like I'm gonna sound really cheesy but like I totally look up to you and like you inspire me and <laughs> I you. would not have stuck with it. I don't think if you weren't my coach. So and now my professor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it really has, like I genuinely can say that it really has changed my life and kind of like brought a whole new, like it's rejuvenated me. And, you know, I was 30 when, almost 30 when I started and I'm like, never look back. So 
I, you know, any age, any shape, no matter who you are, do jujitsu. Jujitsu is for you. Jujitsu is for you. Yeah. yeah so, I totally agree. Yeah. So I'm just like super grateful that this small community has Northwest martial arts. <laughs> like, yeah. Me just, too. Yeah. Me too. I feel super lucky. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I got. This is, you know, one of the new loves of my life. Um, by the side of, like, my boyfriend and my nieces and nephew. And, and jelly. And jelly and, and softball. Um, this is, like, the newest love of my life. And I want to keep doing it until my body tells me no. <laughs> <laughs> Said every jiu-jitsu person ever. Until my body tells Sometimes me no. Sometimes we joke about how, like, someday when all that works is, like, my, like, arthritic... Yeah fingers on the mat yeah. to pull me on and off yeah. I will be dragging yeah. my bony <laughs> scrapey gross yeah. fingers across mm-hmm. the mat to get yeah. on it because there's no stopping once you've done it for so long right. you can't stop well and it's You'll gotta be so oh, like fun for you to pass that on to other people and like it's know. wild yeah because I know like I'm like coaching softball and stuff like it's so fun to see like things click for people and see them grow in the sport and I can totally see like down the line like wanting to coach like kids and stuff Mm -hmm. and working with them and helping them grow Um, because it's just it makes such an impact on you and it can make such an impact on everybody so yeah um, I mean you can ask my boyfriend he gets he's so annoyed with me oh no I'm just kidding no I'm just kidding he's just like smiles and nods okay (laughs) well as soon as he makes his way in after he's done training for some crazy half iron man half iron man yeah Yeah, that's what he's doing um once he's done with that he'll have to make his way in for the jujitsu my goal that'll be my once I get my blue belt I'm gonna be like all right I've done this now it's time it's time for you to try it yeah That'll, I'll bargain that with him. I'll figure something out. Okay, but. good. Good. Because, <laughs> like, you know, we'll work on him, too. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's what we do. That's who we are as people. Well, but. I'd like to thank you so much, Mallory. Thank this you. has been a really fantastic time, and I I have been really appreciative of you. Uh, whatever comes that was. <laughs> I have been very appreciative of having you in the gym, a smiling face for everyone, and a really good example of someone that came in and was like, I'm going to fucking do this. And then you just did it because Mm -hmm. really most people never walk through my door. The ones that do hardly make it past the first class. After that, if they make it three weeks, we're lucky. And Mm -hmm. then past that, then they even get luckier and luckier as they go. Mm -hmm. So I think at this point, you're probably already a lifer. As I can see, (laughs) you're in, you're in the club and we're really, really happy to have you at the gym, and I'm really looking forward to having us talk again and yeah. see you where you landed. So yeah. thanks, everyone, for listening today to our, our podcast, our very first episode one yes. of season one of Jiu-Jitsu is Hard with Mallory Ingalls, who is a total badass. So Thank peace you. my <laughs> yeah, peace, peace my human pretzels, human sweat pretzels, human right? Sweat pretzels. All right. I love it. See y'all later. <laughs> Bye. I'm recording. And I'm moving around while I talk because I'm the type to move around while I talk. If people only knew what this looked like right now. Doing like some I have karate hands. I'm like Mac. I'm like Mac walking around. I wonder how that sounds on the mic, right? It probably sounds really good.
You guys can see the crowd moves right now. It's, it's uh, especially in this tiny closet. <laughs>